0: Welcome to I'll Start Monday, a podcast that discusses issues that affect us all, from mental health and well-being to finances and careers, but which we have a tendency to put on the long finger. Every day in Ireland, more than 200 people give up smoking. And with Nicorette, you could join them. Join the quitters with Nicorette. Clinically proven to help you quit for good. Based on Healthy Ireland 2021, Nicorette contains nicotine. Stop smoking aid. Requires willpower. Always read the label. This week, we're going to take a look at something we've probably all had to deal with quite a bit over the last couple of years, dealing with change. Humans in general are creatures of habit. We get used to things the way they are. So when some kind of major upheaval happens, whether it's a new job, moving house or even getting married, there's inevitably a period of adjustment. To help us examine ways to handle changes without getting overwhelmed, we have in the studio Denise Kenny Byrne life and wellness coach, meditation teacher and co-founder of The Head Plan. Denise, welcome to I'll Start Monday.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: How's the head today?
1: Good, good. Good. Great to be in person.
0: Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Nice yeah. to be sitting across in IRL, as the kids say. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Sitting across the table with somebody. Uh, it's not a Zoom call, uh, so I, I won't forget to put my, to take myself off mute.
1: Exactly. Which
0: is a common problem with me. Tell us a little bit about yourself, Denise, and, and what it is you do.
1: So thank you for the introduction. I know you touched on it there. So I'm Denise. I am the co-founder of a company called The Head Plan. I am a life and wellness coach and I'm a certified meditation teacher. I suppose the head plan is a huge part of what I do. It's a business I founded with my husband. It's essentially a guided personal development and wellness company. We offer guided personal development and wellness through products and services, and we have a community app that we launched last year that has nearly 40,000 people in there just all there for the same reason personal development and wellness so it's really amazing
0: wow forty thousand people yeah yeah that's interesting yeah i mean it's great I, I think community is great isn't it because i'm sure you'll get into this more but just that sense of
1: connection
0: yeah and doing something that other people are doing as yeah. well yeah
1: yeah, connecting with like-minded people. So everyone in that community and equally everyone that's on our social media pages, they're all there for the same reason. They all want to discover or work on being the best version of themselves and their goals and like just wellness in general. I feel like it's been such a huge topic. We've had such a difficult time and people really don't know where to start. And that's what it's all about. Mm. It's helping people get started.
0: Yeah, where to start. That's the thing we will get into all that. Where did you start? Why did you like, why did this become a thing? Yeah.
1: So I suppose I had a bit of a bumpy road into wellness, I suppose you could say. And I suppose a lot of people that are in the wellness industry had the same kind of bumpy road. But where it started for me, Keith, I was in the corporate world. Absolutely loved it. Super ambitious, obsessed with climbing that career ladder. And I was doing really well in my career. But I suppose you could say I definitely had periods of burnout. I was working from project to project and reminding myself when I was in those those periods of burnout that there was a break coming, you know. Uh, Really, for me, my career was my sole focus. My husband, Kieran, was very much the same. It was something we were drawn to each other, the the ambition. Like most couples in our thirties, we worked our asses off to pay huge mortgage bills and went from holiday to holiday. And really what happened to us was I had just landed a dream job just after our wedding, I was in a global role as a PR consultant and I absolutely loved it but I suppose I was fallen into the trap of project to project and let's book a holiday. So we booked our honeymoon for the January six months after our wedding and Ciarán was quite poorly. I suppose you could say he had some kind of weird cough. He just wasn't himself. His skin looked a strange colour and we went on honeymoon and he was really out of breath which was quite alarming and he decided on the way home from honeymoon that he was going to go for a full medical and I was like sure that it was just another period of look we're just coming out of a project, you're a bit stressed but he went for a full medical two days after honeymoon and he was diagnosed with a deadly form of blood cancer called acute myeloid myeloid leukemia and I suppose Keith, that's where everything changed for us and you know, you hear of these people making changes after these catastrophic moments in life. That was our catastrophic moment in life. I got in touch with my job the evening he was diagnosed and said I wouldn't be in for the receivable. Uh The doctors were saying Kieran was looking at a life termination event if he didn't start treatment straight away. Kieran, a hugely successful entrepreneur in his own right, had a number of clients. He'd always been self-employed, put a lot of projects on hold and just... Our main focus was Kieran getting better, obviously, and uh, thank God he's well now. By the way, I should have said that. Start. Quite, yeah. Sorry, guys, <laughs> everything's okay. He had a bone marrow transplant, and uh, he's recovered really well. He's really, really, he's doing great now. Uh, but I suppose for me, I'm just so passionate about. People not waiting for that catastrophic moment, as is Kieran, to make a positive change in their lives. Like, what are we waiting for? So, I had dipped into coaching myself when I was going through different chapters in life, and I felt like coaching was very much career focused. People were like, oh, I'll go to a career coach and figure out what I want to do in my job. But I wanted to go deeper with it. So, I did a particular course that focused more on life in general, not just one tiny slice of the pie, your career that we all get obsessed with, but everything in life. And with a focus on wellness, like let's introduce wellness tools, let's build up our resilience when change knocks on our door. Maybe it's not great change like we had, but let's let's just be prepared and and take it as it comes, you know.
0: Yeah. There's, I mean, there's so much and what you said there. Um, I'm particularly interested. First of all, I want to ask you, what do you think was driving you? You were driven by success. Was it the money? Mm-hmm. Was it like, where do you think that came from? Because I, I think with myself, I was driven a little bit, maybe differently, but a different type of success. But I was driven. I wanted to be able to tell people how great I was doing mm, mm. you know that was a badge for me do you know what I mean mm. like my career oh that's the guy who's doing the radio show or whatever that was mm. that was who I was you know I kind of forgot about I attached too much of myself to that success like where was that coming from for you do you think
1: I feel like a lot of us get caught up in that external validation and um, it wasn't necessarily the money although the salaries were good I became obsessed with the titles I wanted to work up my way up the ladder to be an MD or a CEO I feel like I put a lot of the pressure on myself as a female as well I wanted to be top of my class I wanted to be class president I like I was chasing the wrong things Keith and it took here on being ill to realize like it's not about that yeah
0: there's know? nothing there no like we, you can chase that all day all, mm. <laughs> for years there's nothing when you get there there's nothing yeah. there you know i can yeah. I can, i can tell and you're never going
1: to be happy no. and like god you, you you get you reach a place on the ladder and you're on a great salary but then it's like yeah but i want uh i want the six figures now and then i want the next title and you'd only be in your your job two or three weeks and you'd be like well what's the next move like it's
0: you're looking at what other people are doing.
1: Exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I lived life a lot like that, and I feel like a lot of us do. If we're really honest with ourselves, I absolutely don't know. But it, like I said, it took that, took that moment to nearly get that helicopter view down on the way we were living.
0: And it's really interesting what you talk about. Is that cycle of we'll just get through this project and yeah. then we book a holiday. So that that's what we. That's so you're never really. Like I I used to do that. It was it was every weekend. I was like, just get to the weekend. Just get to the weekend. And you're never in the moment. Mm. You're you're, you're missing like if you think Mm. of like the weekend is only like for me, it was probably only Saturday because Sunday I was thinking of work again. Mm. And I was probably not, you know, yeah. w- I was living in Monday. And then all the day Sunday, Sunday fear,
1: of course, you have Sunday to be. Fear. You have to be ready for work, ready to go at seven p.m. I was really worried about that. Yeah, and had I was to be in my house to prep. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. I, I mean, I worked on a, a breakfast radio, so I had to be. Mm. I mean, my, I ruined my family's Sundays because mm. of my anxiety about Monday morning. I didn't really live Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Mm. I probably started living Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Do you know what I mean? It's mm. weird rather than just going, oh, what am I like Monday? Like, how am I enjoying my Monday? Let's just mm. live with Monday. So that's an interesting cycle that people uh, are OK with a lot of the time, aren't yeah. they? Like holiday to holiday, weekend people to weekend.
1: maybe don't even realize they are doing it. No. Um, we did it for years.
0: Yeah, I think it's only when you realize or it's pointed it out or you, you or you, f- you know, you realize it yourself, and you go, hang on a second. I'm literally missing five yeah. days. I'm not living. I'm not living. I'm not living. Yeah. And then for me, it w- with drink, it was like, well, just, you know, it's Friday night. I'm just drink, yeah. So I wasn't really living those hours either. No, Do you
1: know? no. And I suppose I had a really good opportunity in that time to to live presently, if you will, because my mom was a holistic therapist before it was really a big thing here. And I was bought up with different methods of bringing myself back to the present because I was quite an anxious child. So like she did things with me like meditation, journaling, affirmations. And I suppose to say in life, As well, going through those periods of time, like if I had a big presentation and work, I was really anxious. I'd be like, oh, I better meditate like I wasn't meditating or doing those things every day. I was only doing them when I felt like I needed them. And that's a huge part of life and wellness coaching for me. Like I practice my tools every day. I practice what I preach. I don't just lean on things. I feel like so many of us lean on things as well. Like build up your resilience,
0: Hmm.
1: figure out your self-care toolkit now. Get ready for what life's going to bring, you know.
0: And I think that brings us on to the next question then. So, so what is it that you focus on most in your coaching? So what's the first yeah. thing you you tackle really when you sit down with somebody? When some, If I, I'm coming to you and this is our first meeting, where, where's, your, where's your focus?
1: So for me, I like to look at someone's life overall. I feel like I said, a lot of people like tie coaching back to career Uh, for me it's about the bigger picture the head plan everything that i've learned in coaching is poured into our products our products aren't just blank journals they are very much guided throughout seeped in neuroscience and wisdom and it's really about embracing where you are here and now assessing where you are here and now Figuring out where you want to go and then it's making the plan of how to get there in the best possible way while living well and balanced. I know it sounds complicated, but it's really not.
0: But what do you say to people who come to you and say, well, I really want to be a CEO in a year's time. That's my goal. That's, Hmm. you know, are you are you talking to them about why or what does that like? if that's someone's goal is that what you're dealing with or are you saying well let's just look at your life here and, and you know what you're doing yeah, like, when you're not at work
1: Yeah like why why do you want that title like let's explore that like what does that title mean to you what will that bring to your overall life is it just going to be a nice title on your CV like let's look at the bigger picture uh, I do encourage people to set goals under six headings and we do practice uh, journaling and goal setting specifically under six headings in the head plan and Career and business is only one heading. It's only one piece of the pie that we have. Uh, I encourage people to look at their life under career and business, finance, personal development and learning, self-care and wellness, friends and family and physical environment. Why are we ignoring the other things? If you want that title of CEO, let's explore the other parts of the pie first you know
0: yeah, yeah it's tr- I mean it's, it's got to be it's, it's got to be like everything. maybe
1: are you lacking in something else that you think this title is going to fulfill you
0: mm. yeah because it won't
1: <laughs> no it won't it won't I know you might get excited for a day but then you will be like okay
0: yeah what next
1: I want to be the chairman mm.
0: and what next and then it'll yeah and then yeah. It'll, it'll just be a different role different yeah. company whatever and, and what is it about ch- change I mean look there's there's the finance aspect of it. Mm. Uh, if it's a, if it's a career change, you know, a, as you mentioned earlier, a big reason for people yeah. wanting the success and the big job and the salary is money, so they can pay a mortgage. Because mm. we are you know, that's how that's the way the world is at the moment. Yeah. That's the way Ireland is at the moment. We need the money to, mm. to to buy the house to to pay the mortgage, and you know, that's just a fact. But what is it about change that so many of us are afraid of?
1: Change is scary, like it is scary. Robin Sharma often says change is really difficult at the beginning, messy in the middle and best at the end, like it isn't easy. Uh, We're we're creatures of comfort and creatures of habit, but we're not going to grow in our comfort zone. No, you know, we need to step outside our comfort zone to grow and stepping outside our comfort zone is embracing change and embracing what we've been given. I view change differently now. Change can be a wonderful opportunity. I set long-term goals and I focus on my long-term goals, but in a daily manner. I do believe that your path can change, but you'll end up in the same place, if not even better than you ever expected. So I feel like we need to have a mindset shift on change and embrace it as a positive thing, a time of growth, a time of opportunity, it's not a detrimental thing. It doesn't need to be a detrimental thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I thought about, I was thinking about comfort zones recently. I was thinking comfort zones can be, ha- I don't know if you agree with me or not, but mm. you can, we can have that chat. Mm. Comfort zones can be handy because they're places you can go back to maybe, you know, but but step out of them every now and then and try something and, and knowing that you can always go back if you want. Invariably, you don't want to go back.
1: Well, it's true, Keith, because like I was mentioning to you, like I get in l- I get nervous coming in even to record a podcast, but when I step outside my comfort zone and come in and meet you and sit in a studio, bear in mind, I haven't been face to face with a lot of people over the last few years. I am expanding my own comfort zone and it's going to make it a little bit easier every time. And that's what it's all about.
0: Mm. Yeah. And that's that. That means you're nervous about less situations because exactly. you're putting yourself in situations exactly. that are outside your comfort zone, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So what advice would you give to people when preparing for major change in mm. life? So if they know something's coming, what mm. can they what can they do to, to prepare
1: I themselves? really believe rituals and healthy habits and different practices have changed my life. And for me, a huge part of our business, the head plan and coaching and the meditation teaching has been to help people to introduce people to those different practices, because I feel like practices and rituals and healthy habits build resilience and build us up for change so for me meditation has changed my life definitely as I said I used to be uh, as Dermot Whelan says a crisis meditator Mm. meditation has changed my life I've been doing it consistently since about 2018 and I've since gone back and qualified as a teacher meditation is like there's a reason why some of the most successful people in the world meditate. You tap into your subconscious and your higher power and it's just a way of grounding you for the day ahead. So I would encourage people to meditate if they have a big change coming up or maybe something might knock on the door, God forbid, like that happened to us. I feel like that really helped me. Uh, journaling is huge, obviously a huge part of the head plan. For me, journaling is nearly like writing a contract to yourself or um, taking the time to explore different thoughts that are in your head at that time and it's really showing up for yourself and giving you time to explore as opposed to getting caught up in someone else's plan or getting caught up in someone else's day and being swept away. So I feel like it kind of anchors us and gives us more control of the day ahead. Affirmations have been life-changing for me as well I've been practicing them on and off since I was a child but consistently now the last three years and like we have the ability to rewire and reframe our thinking I practice affirmations every day I was even doing them coming in here they are the reminder that you need I'm all about instilling that self-belief that we may have lost along the way and a lot of us really lack in that self-belief and a lot of fear comes from that when change knocks on the door.
0: Can you tell me just before we move on? T- yeah. Can you tell me about affirmations just for anybody listening? Thanks to Mel Robbins. I high yeah. five myself every
1: fabulous <laughs> in, So good. in the
0: mirror. I, I've never admitted that to anybody yeah. before, but I came across. It's okay.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and at the end of my journaling,
1: mm-hmm. when
0: I journal every morning at the end of my three pages, I, li- I write, I love you. And I, I write that. this. I've never admitted this yeah, to anybody. Nobody knows that. this. This is my first time talking about it. And I write, uh, I write a big high five to you, dude. Best of luck. You know, I write things to myself at the yeah. end of the day, you know, to for the day ahead. That's So, I mean, am I, is that, is, are these affirmations?
1: Yes, yes. So we have anywhere between 60 and 80,000 thoughts a day. A majority of them are negative. I'd have about a million. Yeah, probably me, too. (laughs) Come on, just being kind. A majority of them are very negative. We're wired as humans to think negatively. So for me, like if I could encourage anyone to do an exercise for me, I suppose when I really got into affirmations when I was studying the life and wellness coaching was uh, there was an exercise that they encouraged us to track our thoughts so to become highly like super aware of the way you're talking to yourself the way you're thinking write it down like explore those thoughts like oh I'm going to do terrible in this podcast today and oh god um, it's just such a terrible day and I look terrible and I feel terrible or I'm going to go and do that presentation and it's going to be crap and they're all going to look at me like that is your chimp in overdrive in your brain that That is exactly what is happening there. For me, when you do this exercise and write down these thoughts, reframe those thoughts, like explore those thoughts, like where are they coming from? But then let's reword them in a positive manner. That is what an affirmation is. They're positive, affirming statements that you say to yourself according to what's going on in your life at the time. My mom used to always say, um, she used to always get me to say I can and I will achieve anything I desire and like really nice affirmative statements as a child. But I suppose we get a bit deeper now according to what's going on in life, you know.
0: The definitely what meditations gave mm. me that. Uh, I don't know how it's described, but I've heard people describe it. It gives you that second. It gives you that moment to realize that you're thinking something and to see that you're thinking. Yeah. it. do you know what I mean? It gives you that you're like, oh, I'm having a. I'm I'm having a negative thought around this here. Mm. Why is that? Mm. Why am I saying that I'm crap at this? Mm. It gives you the space. That's where that's how physically and practically meditation Mm. has helped me is that in those moments where I'm having I would have before just mindlessly had negative thoughts about everything. Mm. I've been going around the kitchen going, oh, you're shit at doing the washing up. Uh, Do you know what I mean? Like not even thinking Mm. about it, whereas now Because I'm more in the present and in the moment, I have these thoughts and I'm aware of the thoughts and I'm going, hang on, why am I thinking that? That's a ridiculous thing to Mm. think. And and that's that was for me. And and, and I've been meditating a while and it's only recently that's kind of started Mm. to to become a thing that I'm aware of. That's fascinating.
1: Yeah, that is fascinating. And it's uh, like I'm actually glad you touched on that because a lot of people think when you meditate, your mind is empty and you're sitting there like with no thoughts in your mind, it's actually quite the opposite. You just become super aware of your thoughts and they float by like clouds, if you will. And you just watch them and you'd be like, oh, that's that thought there. And it nearly gives clarity, doesn't it? Yeah. It nearly puts you in the driver's seat of your thoughts and gives you clarity.
0: Totally. And and it definitely sorts out, like journaling is similar. It sorts out the 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 tangle of mess that is the day mm. ahead and mm. and your thoughts that you've gone to bed with and it just sort of un- untangles all that stuff like like I I, I remember journaling one day and, and unbeknownst subconsciously I started writing this e- important email that I I wanted to write and I wrote it in my journal so that literally when I went later that day to write my email I was able to write it mm. but it was much clearer I was much more like I really it was a very clear version mm. of what I wanted to say and it was kind mm. of an angry email that I needed to send mm-hmm. or whatever.
1: That's interesting. Mm. That's so that's very interesting. So you were tapped into your higher self and you were responding as opposed to reacting. Mm. So you spent time to explore that email
0: mm. before yeah. you send it. This Whereas yeah, yeah.
1: like we're all guilty of us. How many times have we fired off an email without thinking about it? Yeah, I mean, I
0: mean, there was that thing. And obviously, I, I, I know on some level, not to send an angry email. So Mm. there was that first. But then Mm. it was obviously on my mind. I wanted to say something to this person Mm. about this thing. And, and, you know, I was quite angry and this needed to be dealt with. As per your last
1: email. (laughs) (laughs) But I wanted to say
0: it in a way that was somehow helpful to the Mm. person and that like I'm angry about this, but I think that if you actually take my opinion on board, it might be helpful in some way. So it just. It came out as a mm. journal that day, mm. you know, eventually, and then I was able to send it and journaling
1: p- puts you in the driver's seat yeah. and the same when you're exploring change, like get your pen to paper. Like, what does this change mean to you? Why? Why are you feeling this way about change? What are the positives that can come from this change? You know,
0: it's yeah because it like obviously January, February, the start of the year, we want to change jobs mm. like I have a bad habit of. And it's something I've become aware of—of of just leaving, like, of, of leaving the situation. Mm. That that's the answer to leave mm. the situation. I used to do that a lot. You know, mm. go to a different department, a different mm. job, a different place, a different town, whatever. So we ha- do we have to be careful about why we want to change, and do we have to look at that as well? And do you talk to people about that, or is, is I that do an issue?
1: explore change in a different way. I don't explore change as it. Like I said, I don't explore. The, OK, you want to change job. OK, let's do that. How do you get there? I explore why do you want to change job? How is this going to feed into your bigger, balanced life picture? Like, are you leaving for the right reasons? Is it someone toxic in work or are you having issues at home that's making you focus solely on work because you've no control at home and you want to control the work situation, you know, like there's it's like it's a minefield. I suppose with change. I'd always look at it from a balanced way, like even under those headings. Like I said, have a look at that change under those different headings and how it will affect each thing, you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's this is so fascinating. Like the other thing about change is that if you've made a change Mm. and you are feeling uncomfortable about the change, Mm. That doesn't mean that you've made the wrong decision.
1: No, no, no. And that's like that Robin Sharma thing I said. Change is really difficult at the start, messy in the middle and brilliant at the end. It isn't easy to change, even changes I've made in my life. Like I made a decision not to go back on that career ladder. Um, I took carer's leave to look after Ciarán, but I made it was a difficult decision not to go back into that corporate world. And for a while at the start, I was like, have I done the right thing? Like, have I thrown my career out the window that I've been working so hard at? And like, it definitely was difficult at the start, messy in the middle, but I'm so happy now.
0: And can you um, sort of remember periods where it was like, what have I done?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And even leading up to that call, it was actually at the start of lockdown. So it was all on calls and things. It was even leading up to that call, like I remember consulting. I definitely recommend having your your counsel, if you will. Like I always ring my mom and dad on things like this and a few friends. And I remember being deep in counsel with them. um, Will I do it? Won't I do it? I knew in my mind I was going to do it anyway. I suppose you just want to bounce it off different people. And right up until that call, and even after that call, I was like, did I do the right thing? Did I do it? But then when you tap into your higher self, like that's like when you tap into your higher self and you're meditating and you're journaling and you're You're going after a different passion. So it's not about the title or the money anymore. It's so much more rewarding. And I'm reminded every day now that I made the right decision.
0: How do you help people deal with the fact that I think the biggest problem around um, change for. And I think I mean, I'm talking I think it's Irish people, especially, but it's probably the world over. We are worried about what people will think. Yeah, we're worried about what people think if suddenly, you know. Johnny leaves his job as an accountant and, you know, takes up his and becomes I a full time guitar I people, teacher or whatever. I
1: thought people were taught. I did think I I do like it is an Irish thing, I think. I don't know if it is an Irish thing, but I always think it is an Irish thing. Um, why are we so afraid of judgment?
0: We, we really it's yeah. I mean, it's something that I've become very aware of. A lot of my decision making for a long time, mm. I would have. Like I'd be thinking about something and certain voices would come into my head and certain like familiar faces, people I know. Mm. And I'd be like, what would what do they think about? What Keith, If I do the, this, they're going to be like, oh, what are you doing in Africa? With big the idiot.
1: greatest respect and with the greatest respect of the listeners, like nobody gives a crap about us except ourselves. Yeah. Why are we obsessed with it? Uh, I went and did the meditation teacher training and definitely a bit of that popped into my head. I was like, oh my God, people are going to think like I've left the corporate world and I'm in my tie-dye track the bottoms with my sage and I love sage and I love full moon rituals and I love everything. But why do we stereotype and do different things and and where does this judgment come from? Does it come from a place of are we actually judging and reflecting on what we think other people think of us because we're judging? Like that's something to explore in itself. Nobody cares about us. Nobody's going to care about you the way you care about you. You need to just look after yourself, mm. you know.
0: And the, the interesting thing about change is that, I mean, I presume you can change. You can stay within a role yeah. and you can change your approach to that role. Absolutely. A friend of mine who is still in the same job he's been in for many years, but mm. he started therapy recently and stuff. But his approach to His day of work Mm. is like it's a complete 360 to where it was. Mm. And his results are completely different. Mm. Same job, Mm. same organization, Mm. same colleagues, Mm. same boss. Mm. But he's having a completely different experience of Mm. his job, much more fulfilling, Mm. feels much better. Mm. But it was all to do with how he was approaching. Sometimes we're like, Mm. I don't like this job because the boss, because this, because the because the hours, whatever. Can you change? Yeah, a
1: mindset shift, totally, because I've talked to a lot of people that are in the same job 15, 20, 30 years and a judgment piece comes in there. You'd be like, God, they think I'm not progressing in my career or this, that and the other. Like being in a job like that is not a bad thing. That is an amazing thing. You have gained 15, 20, 30 years experience in an organization. You're obviously invaluable in some way in terms of what you've learned over time. Not only that, but being in a job like that, if you feel unfulfilled, there's an opportunity to have a mindset shift on what you're doing in work. And maybe there's an opportunity to grab another project or speak to your manager or uh, look at some extra education or th- there's loads of things you can do in work. But not only that, being in, I, f- I feel, being in a job like that where you don't necessarily necessarily feel super fulfilled is an amazing opportunity to fulfill your outside life and not see the job as well I don't have a great title and I'm here 30 years and like it just pays the bills well it just pays the bills great so what are you going to do outside work like you're not going from project to project like you've an amazing opportunity you've a good salary you've a good title you've a good job you've an opportunity to grow in that job if you want you're just feeling a bit stale or unmotivated, you can fix that. But let's look outside work. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's a good opportunity.
0: And also it's a mindset shift. Uh, we, we do look at the external issues. We, we don't generally look at ourselves and our relationships with ourselves mm. and how we think of ourselves as we've talked about mm. it. And those, those aff- affirmations would help in the negative chat as well. Mm. But, you know, a mindset shift in yourself. Other people see in a different way. And then they see opportunity, you know, they see you as the person who might be able to fill a role within the organization mm. that they wouldn't have seen before. Because mm. suddenly, like, oh, my God, this person is showing up in a different way every day. Yeah. And putting their hand up for things yeah. or, you know, being a lot more or whatever it is. You know, it's
1: like that piece I talked about, those rituals, those healthy habits. All we have is the day in front of us. I set long term goals, like I said, but I break them down every day because nobody knows What tomorrow brings. So, all we have is the day in front of us. Like that person that's in that job 15, 20, 30 years. What are they doing for themselves to bring the best version of themselves to the day ahead? Like, are they just going into work miserable? Are they practicing any kind of rituals for themselves? Are they showing up for themselves or are they getting caught up in someone else's plan in that organization and not considering themselves? Mm, Yeah, you know,
0: not speaking up when they'd like to or not expressing an opinion where they feel like they should. And and, and, and that can be a that can be a bad sort of um, habit to get into as well. So look, sometimes change is necessary to get mm. out of a bad work situation or whatever it is, a relationship. But what advice would you give to people who might have a sudden change visited mm. upon them that they haven't been expected?
1: Yeah. So I suppose from our moment in life was when Kiran got sick and obviously we were not expecting that at all. And like there is an element of, oh, my God, like how has this happened? And what are we going to do to get through it? I was really lucky, like I said, that I had those rituals and healthy habits built up. I wasn't necessarily doing them every day, but I knew they worked for me and I had them in my back pocket ready to go. If if anybody takes anything from this and wants to start anything on Monday, (laughs) I would say have a look at those healthy habits. Have a look at that menu of things that you could do for yourself and try and implement them now. Try and. Try and meditate if you've never meditated. Try and set your goals. Try and journal. Try affirmations. Just try and be good to yourself and figure out what works for you because when a big change, a catastrophic moment, like a relationship breakdown or a job loss knocks on the door, that's when you need those things in your back pocket, you know? It's that resilience thing, Keith, isn't it? It builds up resilience
0: yeah I think that's i mean I, I, I call it selfishness, mm. the more selfish you are
1: that's interesting <laughs> mm.
0: yeah, and I don't see selfishness mm. I, as a bad thing. No, I don't either I think be selfish it'll ha- you know we mm. we, we i I'm a, I'm a dad, so I mean for a long time I would sacrifice things for my children, sacrifice things i mean i mean I was, I'm, I'm married mm. um sacrifice things for the for the good of a relationship, whatever. I've learned recently that be selfish and do the things that you need to do for yourself, yeah. and actually you'll be a better dad and a better husband, a better partner and a better friend if you're working on yourself. Yeah. Being selfish is not a bad thing. It's the best thing you can do for yourself and for those around you. Exactly.
1: Like the best products you'll ever work on is yourself. Mm. Like nothing bad can come from working on yourself. I work on myself every single day. I listen to podcasts, I read, I journal, I do affirmations, I meditate. And maybe I am a bit selfish, but I'm OK with that. <laughs>
0: but it takes up a chunk of time and, yeah. and you have to find that time. and yeah. You have to, you know, dedicate your, that time to yourself and say, yeah. this is my time. You know, mm. I'm, having, mm. I'm having a seaweed bath mm. on Monday.
1: And funny, I touched on that. I was actually I mentioned off air. I read The Miracle Morning, mm. actually the end of December. And I've joined the five AM club. I'm one of those people now. I feel like where's my T-shirt that I can wear it around? No, not really. But no. But so this
0: is a big change for you. Yeah, it's huge. So
1: uh, I highly recommend the book. By the way, it's by Hal Elrod. And for me, I was never really a morning person per se. I was always someone that got up for work and did my thing. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't lazing in bed for hours, but. Even the days that I meditated every day, some days I was just like, tick the box grand, I did it. I wasn't, I just knew I had to do it, but I probably wasn't in the moment enough. And for me, the miracle morning is about, it's about respecting yourself and carving out that time you need in the morning to set yourself up to be the best version of yourself for the day ahead. So... Being in the 5 a.m. club. And by the way, it doesn't need to be the 5 a.m. club. You can like alter it for yourself. Ten past five. That's okay, Keith. That's okay. I now have the time to read my book, to journal, to meditate, uh, practice my affirmations. I do my skincare. I get ready for work. And I'm at my laptop earlier rather than later um, I probably start work about seven half seven and because of that I can finish work a bit earlier I have a bit of flexibility I'm really lucky that I work for myself but it's been transformative in the sense it's no longer tick the box I meditated it's I showed up for myself today and I've done my meditation and I'm feeling grounded I'm feeling in my higher self if you will and I'm in the driver's seat of my life and I own it
0: yeah and if you feel, if you listen to this and you feel overwhelmed, you know, by the talk of journaling and affirmations yeah, and meditation and all that yeah. kind of stuff, pick one thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Just have a look at that self-care toolkit menu, like pick one thing and start small. And like atomic habits, like build on it, you know, see how it goes. And the thing with that self-care toolkit I, I mentioned is You'll find that when you pick one thing it flows into another and you feel good Keith, don't mm. you? Don't you feel good when you meditate?
0: Oh absolutely, yeah. And yeah. Do, you, do
1: you feel good when you journal?
0: Totally, yeah. I mean there's two things that I wouldn't not do every day now. Ex and yeah.
1: that's what happens, isn't it?
0: And I would there would have been a period in my life where I would have wanted to meditate and thought about things like journaling and I thought that's not for me. I, that'll never be me. Yeah. So if you're listening to this thinking that's not me, I can never do that. Mm. Honest, just try try five minutes of meditation yeah. every day even if it's guided or whatever yeah. and you know you journal, just write down your thoughts on exactly. a page every morning if you can do, do your best Denise if there's anything people can do listening to this starting Monday to prepare themselves for any coming changes what is pick one maybe two things
1: if I could give any advice to people I would say explore rituals and healthy habits I would explore journaling or affirmations or meditation. Pick one small thing and I would try and implement it into your day because those powerful, healthy habits build resilience that when change comes, we are still in the driver's seat and it gives us control in situations that we might necessarily feel like we have control in. I'd also say and I know the podcast is Start Monday about starting on Monday I am so passionate about not waiting for the 1st of January or not waiting for the first of the month or I won't say not waiting for Monday (laughs) Keith but I'm passionate about not waiting for time or that catastrophic moment to come knocking on your door to make a positive change you can make a change today it's up to you to say I don't want to do this anymore or I don't want to live this way anymore I'm going to make a change today just do it.
0: I feel like we might have a rival podcast called I'll Start Today. Uh, <laughs> on Don't our worry, you would be my first guest. <laughs> Best of luck. With it. <laughs> uh, thank you very much, Denise. That's all for this episode. Hopefully you can take some of Denise's advice and start taking positive steps towards dealing with change. Every day in Ireland, more than 200 people give up smoking. And with Nicorette, you could join them. Join the quitters with Nicorette. Clinically proven to help you quit for good. Based on Healthy Ireland 2021, Nicorette contains nicotine. Stop smoking aid. Requires willpower. Always read the label.